Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is Bill Press and Friends on the District Productive Network. Hey, it's Bill Press. You know, we put out our daily podcast for you every day. And if you've been listening, you know that that daily podcast condenses the whole two-hour live show down to just 40 minutes, which is good. But that means we usually can only give you a small piece of each guest's interview. And some of the terrific content from those guests just gets left on the cutting room floor. Well, not anymore. Our new weekly podcast called Extended Play features a full, unedited interview with one of our favorite guests from the previous week. We're doing that because the Bill Press shows where top newsmakers start their day, and we want to make sure you can enjoy as much of that as possible. Extended Play starts right now. We love being on Capitol Hill because, uh, you know, we just... Uh, put one of our good team downstairs and look for members of Congress kind of walking by and, <laughs> and snag them, bring them up to the studio. And look what we got this morning, Congressman Ruben Gallegos from, this, Gallego, sorry, Gallego, thank from you. the 7th Congressional District in Arizona. Congressman, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Thanks for having me. All right. Are you having fun? Always. <laughs> yeah, that's the last word for it, I guess. Yeah, I'm out. I make it fun somehow. Yeah, yeah you have to. You. Yeah. Good for you. So... What's your take on this whole, number one, the plan that re, that the Republicans finally have come up with to replace Obamacare and the way they've rolled it out? I mean, it's a whole debacle. I mean, first of all, it's not a health care plan. It's it's a tax cut plan first. Their goal was to top to, to cut the taxes for the top earners that were getting taxed under the Affordable Health Care Act. And then they built a health care plan around it. Uh, and at the end of the day, they still don't have the votes among Republicans. They're not going to have any support among Democrats. And the only way they can actually get the votes to pass, they're only going to have to make this bill even worse. And just some of the stuff that's in this bill right now is pretty bad. You know, the the basically uh, capping Medicaid expansion, which is really important for many states, especially Arizona, for example. You know, we have Medicaid expansion. Yeah. I was yeah. in the state house when we, we passed it. I worked on it. Um, there's no way for us to balance the budget without Medicaid expansion. There are tons of hospitals that will just close down, emergency rooms which just close down without Medicaid expansion. This is why you have the hospital association that has come out uh, against this. Uh, two, you know, they, they talked about the individual mandate and, and uh, how it was, it was onerous that uh, government was demanding that people have uh, health insurance. Well, there is basically a de facto individual mandate uh, in this bill. If you go without uh, health care uh, for longer than a year, mm -hmm. you're going to get charged 30% or higher insurance premium rates, right? So instead of the government taxing you, it's going to be the insurance company that's taxing you, right? And so on and on and on. The people that are going to be the, the, the hardest hit from this are the working class people. If you are making somewhere around $20,000 uh, a year and you're uh, the age of 60, the tax credit you're going to get will not nearly cover at all the amount of your premiums are going to be. That if, really, the 30% the no, thing really drives me crazy because you're right. Yeah. Who are we really trying to help here? You know, I mean, if you look at the people who will have to pay this penalty, you know, th these are people who really can't afford that. Right. 
And to think that the money is going to go right back into the pockets of the uh, insurance companies? Well, the, again, this is positively the, Trumpian. Right. Well, again, the goal of this was not to cover more people. The first goal was to get rid of the tax increase on the top earners. Second goal was to dismantle uh, the Affordable Health Care Act. And the third goal was basically to be able to slap something together to say that they have uh, that they fulfilled the, their they fulfilled the, a, yeah. a replacement, but there is no replacement. Right. Ten to twenty but, million people are going to lose coverage. This is going to cost the the increase our deficits, well, and this is why they don't they don't even want to have a CBO score on it because uh, right. they're afraid of what the truth is going to be. Well, I want I want to ask you about that deficit because uh, the New York Times this morning uh, charted that here are the taxes that they elim- among the taxes they eliminate on drug manufacturers that's twenty five billion dollars on insurers. That's 145 billion. The manufacturers of medical devices, 20 billion, and then taxes on the wealthiest of Americans, high-income earners, 270 billion. You add all of that up, that just—they got to replace it with something, right? So it just they, on the credit card, right? On well, the that, deficit. Well, on the credit card, and also what they're doing is they're taking literally money from Medicaid to give the tax credits. And the people that are receiving these tax credits are some of the high high wage earners. Right, For example, right. if you're a, a 25 year old in that's a, a tech worker making seventy five thousand dollars a year, you're going to get a very beneficial tax credit. But if you're the person that was depending on Medicaid, Medicaid's going to run out. So the government's literally going to take the money they were using from Medicaid to pay for the poor worker, to pay for the single young man who probably has good health. Uh, and now it's going to get a generous subsidy from the government to buy health insurance. That's where this is coming from. Right. And on the Medicaid expense, that, I'm glad you talked about that because not many people are. I mean, this goes beyond Obamacare, right? I mean, now we're cutting into Medicaid, mm-hmm. uh, which I think, as I understand it, the people who now are on it can stay on it, but then the money runs out and they give right. money to the states. The states could use it on whatever they want. And they, they could put a lot of use. restrictions on it. Absolutely. Right. And then isn't Medicare kind of probably going to come next and then I mean well this is because because you you now mess with the affordable health care act plan, right. right well the bigger plan but also by messing with the affordable health care act you're making medicare less sustainable over time and this is why AARP has also come out against this and there's a very simple way to think about this those people that are covered under the affordable health care act are healthier and when they get onto medicare they're healthier elderly people so they yeah, end up costing the system right. less yeah. right but now what you have is uh, a situation where you're going to have unhealthy people largely going into Medicare without sometimes not ever having insurance or having below market insurance because they're just trying to have the basic amount of insurance so they could avoid the insurance tax that you know Paul Ryan has, has uh, enacted mm-hmm. on them. Right. Um, and in terms of the rollout, I mean, they kept this secret. Right, right, for so long. Well, uh, I would that, keep it secret. So it was a, it's a horrible bill. I mean, yeah, it's embarrassing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's like having a really ugly car, and you have to show it to your friends. You want to show it at the last minute because you know you're just going to get razzed, and that's exactly what they're doing right now. Yeah, and this bill, which again, the impact is huge. One fifth of the American economy right. is healthcare. Millions and millions and millions of Americans uh, who have coverage or in some way under under the and. And they're pushing this through overnight. They're still right. debating it as we sit here and speak, yeah. right? Uh, and without any analysis yet from the Congressional Budget Office. 
Well, they don't want the analysis. They, I mean, truth is what it's going to kill this the, the Affordable Health Care Act. They know that it's going to come back. I mean, it's going to show that 10 to 20 million people are going to lose coverage. It's going to blow holes into our deficit. It's going to increase, you know, um, uh, a lot of uh, premiums. It's going to increase premiums for the individual uh, insurance uh, uh, buyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, states are going to lose money also because they're going to have Medicaid expenses going to be gone. And Look, this is there's a reason why the people that do understand this are already against this. The American Medical Association, not a very liberal organization, yeah, is against hardly, this. Right. The Arizona Hospital Association, I'm sorry, the American Hospital Association is already against I'm this. I'm sure the Arizona Hospital Association. I'm, I'm is pretty too. sure they are too. Some of them I've worked with them a lot, you know. And now you even have you even have uh, interest groups from the right that are coming out against this because they're basically calling it Obamacare light. I think that's an insult to the Affordable Health Care Act. I think it's an insult uh, to President Obama. President Obama designed a bill to give as much coverage to as many Americans as possible. This bill is designed thinly to show that it could give some coverage, but largely, again, it's just a, de- a, a way for them to give the tax cuts that they wanted. And that's what they did. They, right. they created the tax cuts first, and then they built the insurance program around it. And the entire effort is premised on what Donald Trump says over and over again, and Paul Ryan, that Obamacare is not working. It's in a death spiral. <laughs> you know, it's not covering. It, nobody's signing up, and nobody's right. getting coverage. Well, we had the largest amount of signups last just last month, or the or before the enrollment period, and and uh, you know, I think it's very, very um, disingenuous for somebody like Paul Ryan to talk about a death spiral when he's the one who actually has thrown. You know, yeah, the weight yeah, onto the, right. the spiral. I mean, this is it's the, amazing. So many people signed up. Right. When all they were talking about was repeal. Absolutely. Still people yeah. were signing up. Absolutely. Because it's still it's still a good system. It's not the best system. There's a lot of things we could fix. And I think a lot of us would like to see some fixes, you know, and partly the reason why we're having problems right now is because Republicans sabotaged for many years. They they got rid yeah. of risk corridors, some of the subsidies that were very important to actually help, uh, you know, some of these insurance companies actually subsidize more people and get more people on the coverage. They're the ones that basically threw the anvil on, on you know, the cartoon characters they were going down the, you know, down the sinkhole, you know. So, you know, I, it's it's nice that they say that because that's their talking point. But their talking point also was that they're going to re- repeal, replace, lower premiums, more coverage, more choice. Everything that they have promised is not going to happen. There's nothing that actually says that that's going to happen. Yeah, I was just reading this morning, uh, Gail Collins in the New York Times quotes uh, uh that was yesterday anyhow she she quoted we've we've seen president trump's comments so many times about what he promised right it's right. everybody's going to have everybody Everything. everybody's yeah. going to be covered with the best coverage possible and they're going to pay less for it and right he's i mean he never has he has no clue what he's saying 99% <laughs> of the time uh, <laughs> on this or any or other this subject. or any of this and but this especially he has very little understanding of 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 healthcare and uh, that's and the only way you get towards you know, Trump's view of more coverage for less costs and for and just in general being great uh, is by having more government involvement in health care, by having uh, you know more generous subsidies, by covering more people, by, by basically also at the same time having to tax more people. Uh, Trump doesn't understand that, so he just basically is focused on this idea of just getting rid of, quote-unquote, Obamacare – and he doesn't care the way to do that. And this is why he'll just accept any piece of garbage that uh, Paul Ryan is calling, quote unquote, uh, you know, uh, health care. Let me, let me ask you a question, because I agree. I don't yeah. think he knows anything what he's talking about on any level. Absolutely. Yeah. So who's leading who here? <laughs> Good question. 
Like, who's the leader of the party? Uh, you know, it's not, I think you have to think about it more. It's like it's a party and they're all drunk and just talking to each other right now. <laughs> so there's really nobody leading. You know, I think I think, you know, Trump uh, is more focused on just calling this a victory. The fact that he got rid of uh, the Affordable Health Care Act. Ryan wants to be able to call a victory because he gets to say he got rid of taxes uh, and the Affordable Health Care Act. But the actual substance of the policy, what the end goal is, is an absolute disaster. And they're both going to find out at, at you know the wrong time. Just like at the other night when they all sober up, they realize they did something really stupid. Yeah. Um, and that's what's going to happen here. Look, bingo. I really believe you're absolutely right that the only thing – Donald Trump doesn't understand this issue. He doesn't know what's in it. He has one goal, I believe, which is he wants to put a big check mark alongside Absolutely, yes. Yeah, correct. It doesn't give a damn what it says, right? It's, it's just something else that he can right. brag about and lie about. Absolutely. It's, to me, it's like that botched raid in Yemen, right? I mean, mm-hmm. took the life of a Navy SEAL, accomplished, got us no new intelligence whatsoever, rushed into it. But now he can say, oh, ISIS, tough on ISIS. Right. Ka-ching. Right. Yeah. He's got, this, this will be the checklist yeah. presidency uh, right. without real substance or policies that are really Build the wall. Give it. Yeah. <clears throat> They're actually going to help. Got it. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't really care about the end result, whether it's actually good or bad, but to be able to say that he did it. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is why he has these fake... You know these fake uh, meetings with CEOs, and has fake announcements about that mm-hmm. all these jobs that are coming here. That some of them that aren't coming or have already been planned for years. You know, it's just it's all a show to him. He's a showman. Yeah. What do you? What, yeah. What do you say about? Um, he <laughs> he has a meeting with the people from Exxon. He has included at the meeting is his Secretary of State, right? Former CEO of Exxon. They tell him about this wonderful investment they're making in America. He puts out a statement where he lifts paragraphs from Exxon's right. word, for re- word. <laughs> word for word, press release, literally word for word, and puts that in his statement, and then he puts it out from the White House. And this is a project that was already in the pipeline in right. like 2013 or something. Well, it actually and shows. And now he's claiming yeah. credit again, bragging right. jobs. <laughs> what well, also shows what they what he believes about his base too. That that he believes that they'll just fall for it, and he may be right. Uh, even though he's we right all, about his base, yeah, he you know we know a lot about this. We know about when these jobs were actually announced, how much they're actually going to happen. I mean, like he bragged about saving jobs, you know, from going to Mexico because of the Ford Motor Company. Yeah, um, yeah. but he knows that he can lie to his base, and his base is just going to accept it. So it's more important for him to lie to him, so they have something to lie about or to repeat about him to make him feel great. Uh, and to make him look great than it actually is to really do the hard policy work uh, that needs to happen to help lift them up. To me, the worst example was the Dreamliner, uh, the Boeing plant mm. down in Charleston. So he goes down there and they roll this plane out and he's bragging about it as if they had built it in the last two weeks. Right. The whole thing right. Well, I started mean, from yeah. scratch. On January twenty, and here's his brand. Well, I mean, I mean look, this is this is the man that nobody was, believes this. This crap. is the man that was born on uh, on third on third base and thought <laughs> he hit a triple. Right. You know, so why are we surprised that he's going to jump in in the middle of these like multi, you know, decade projects and say like, you know, I've I've done this, I've created this. I right. mean, this is a this is a he's a he is who he is. He's been this way forever, and now he's bringing those types of bad character traits into the White House. 
Congressman Rupin Gallego with us from uh, Arizona, 7th and Congressional District. Now, I just uh, mentioned the wall uh, just a little while ago. So when you think immigration, you're you're on the front line and you've been on I've the been front for line. a while, yeah. <laughs> Arizona, right? Yeah. Um, what's, what's going on with... Um, it, there's the second Muslim ban. That's one front. Right. But I'm I'm thinking about the Department of Homeland Security and the new rules and regulations mm-hmm. that were put out, and and the new activity we've seen on the part of uh, ICE. Um, what's the situation on the ground? Well, the situation on the ground is that you have um, uh, really a lot of rogue ICE. Uh, agents that are using the ambiguity uh, of the uh, uh, orders to basically start snapping up people, uh, whether they are dangerous or not. The idea that they're going after just serious criminals, those those who created violent crime, is just it's not a joke. true. No, it's yeah. a joke. Look, under, under President Obama, we had those kind of priorities. These... Uh, Agents are basically going after anybody. They're going through. They're going through the list of people that maybe had a DUI twenty years ago, ten years ago, uh, and they're using that as an excuse. The also the other problem is with this order is that the order says in the process of going after a high priority criminal, anybody else they encounter along the way, whether they are on the priority list or not, is open for deportation. Mm. So if you walk into a home looking for somebody that's got a warrant for whatever reason, and there's six or seven other people in that home. The ICE now has a right to ask them about their status and now has the right they're deportable, whether or not they're they're dangerous or not. And you have the, you know, Secretary Kelly think, seems to think that that's not the case. And I think General or Secretary Kelly, you know, still believes that ICE is like the Marines, like you have orders and it goes trickle down. But that is not the case. ICE has always been a rogue agency. Um, you have a lot of ICE uh, agents that have been waiting for this time just so they could start snapping up anybody because they truly believe that all immigrants that are here without uh, permission are the same and they're all going to be and they should all be deported. I mean, there have been, there have been stories after stories about this one woman in Phoenix. Yeah, uh, Guadalupe. Who, right, who are two, two teenage kids, right, and she checks in with her immigration officer, which she's supposed to, and yep. boom, they now or this restaurant, uh, the, the guy owns the was the manager of a Mexican restaurant, some little small town in yep. Illinois where the whole town banded yeah. together. And yeah, I mean stories like that. But these people are, they're, I mean they're citizens in every other respect. They just right. don't have a piece of paper, right. and they're outstanding citizens, and they've got jobs, they got families, and everything, and. They haven't committed any crime other than coming here originally illegally. But it's also dangerous in the long run, and here's why. If you have ICE agents that are more worried about the the dishwasher, the restaurant manager, and then the hardcore gangs and criminals just to fulfill either the mandate of the president or just to make themselves feel better, they're going to focus on the easy targets instead of the hard targets. And to make matters worse, in these communities where you need cooperation from that from that undocumented community to know where the real hardcore criminals are, the drug dealers, Mm -hmm. the sexual abusers, they're not going to talk to anybody now Mm. because the way that ICE is operating, if you interfere or walk into them or you have any type of interaction with them, you are now deportable, right? So, you know, Trump's idea of making the country safer is really going to make us unsafe. And and these individual ICE agents are going to make us even more unsafe because they're going to get the deportations that they want to get, but it's not going to be the right people. And and by the way, as they start deporting more people, more people are going to ask for their due process. You're going to jam up the courts, and you're basically going to slow down, uh, you know, the deportation of some really hardcore criminals because of this obsession of just getting anybody uh, as fast as possible. And what is your reaction to, or what, how do you assess the impact 
of Secretary Kelly's uh, statement last week that uh, for um, women and children who come in, parents who come in with kids, uh, we keep the parents in a detention center, but the kids will just ship off to some somewhere else in the country, some guardian or something. We'll break right. up these families, yeah. and we're gonna and those kids are gonna be treated so right. well. They're gonna be so happy. It'll be like going to Disneyland every yeah. day. I mean, look, General Kelly, or he's not a general anymore. He's not a Secretary Kelly. Secretary Kelly is a really smart man, but that's probably one of the dumbest things I've ever heard anybody said. Uh, and I mean, we weren't even allowed when we were in the Marines to separate families. Uh, you know, if there was a, a woman coming through one of our checkpoints with a young child, we didn't separate the child from the the yeah. mother. Like, there's a reason you don't do that. It's inhumane. It causes a lot of bad externalities, uh, you know. And also, there's no one safer the child than with, with, with their mother or, yeah. or their father. Yeah. Um, and also, it's, look, we're just not that type of country. Uh, and, and the other thing that I don't think General Kelly understands, he somehow believes that this will stop uh, mm-hmm. These immigrant parents from bringing their children. Well, he children. said that was the purpose of it, right? To yeah. scare people from. It's not going to. It's not going to do it. These parents have crossed deserts. They've crossed gang-infested lands because wherever they live is so horrible that they will take a chance, and they will take a chance that maybe my son will uh, will be separated from me, but at least he won't be in the United. He won't be in the Central American country that that I am in right now, where the, where you know people are getting summarily shot all the time. Um, it's just a very naive view of, of immigration, uh, and, and I'm surprised. For somebody who's been around the world as much as General Kelly has, uh, he should understand like the motivations of families fleeing conflict. Uh, did you serve in Iraq or Afghanistan? Iraq. Iraq. Uh, did you have uh, any Iraqis helping as translators with your— We did. So we had a couple of uh, uh, different types of translators. Uh, we had one, unfortunately, died uh, over there. Uh, he was a really nice guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He was an accountant, uh, but he died with uh, uh, 14 other of my guys. Mm. Uh, and that's you know, if you look at the the Muslim plan, the the Muslim. Uh, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. What's your what's your thought about the a, a ban that would now Iraq is off the list now, but that would have prohibited people who were helping us, helping right. you, right on the job, putting their lives on the line. From coming here with their families, oh, it was it was awful. The first the first uh, iteration of it was awful. The fact that you are you were willing to just cut off people that are currently fighting ISIS and saying like, hey, you're, you're on your own. I mean, it would have made it impossible for us to actually recruit more help in the future. Um, and talking to a lot of veterans, both Democrats and Republicans, they were really really uh, disappointed by that. The other thing though is this current ban still makes it difficult for about fifty thousand refugees. Uh, that have helped the United States uh, to to get here. That's one of the things that really hasn't been highlighted, uh, because the one of the refugee programs that a lot of these uh, uh, former workers or aides of ours go through uh, is covered under the new ban, and it's going to slow them down from getting here. Again, this is this is and this where is, are they where are they from? Off, Iraq. From Iraq. Yeah. yeah. This is again. This is just Donald Trump. Focusing on having the headline, but not actually having any attention to detail about what's going to occur, right? And right now, you know, we we have military, we have our military men and women fighting alongside uh, the Iraqi army uh, in Iraq, uh, and this is causing tension. It's causing tension among uh, Iraqis, the Iraqi press, and you know, it's unnecessary right now when we're trying to defeat ISIS. And these Iraqis who are helping the Americans, I mean, they're putting them, themselves and their families at jeopardy in their own country. Well, let me give right. you an example of how, how dangerous this is. When ISIS started rolling in from the, uh, from the mm-hmm. West, um, because many ISIS, uh, ISIS 
sympathizers and soldiers were former Iraqi uh, insurgents or Iraqi so, mm -hmm. uh, soldiers themselves. They had a list of every and every time they came in of who were the former Iraqi Whoa. police officers and who worked with the American government. And they're the first ones that were grabbed and executed because they knew that oh. these were the people that are the God. ones that would lead God. a resistance. Wow. Yeah. So this is not a coincidence. And now they're targeted by Donald Absolutely, Trump. they're targeted, yeah. Boy, on every front, there's so many important issues, but you are on the front lines there, Congressman, and we appreciate your good work. Uh, and coming pleasure. in and spending some time with us this morning. Thank you for having me, So guys. keep up the good fight, huh? I will, I All will. Right. Thank you, Hey, guys. thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Come on back tomorrow. Have a good day, and then come back tomorrow. We'll be looking for you. This is The Bill Press Show.